Well, there are some precarious uh, sections along the climb, and I want to show you a few of these things because this was, uh, this was like real climbing. So this is the keyhole. You had to go through this area. It was kind of a tight turn around the keyhole. So that looks really cool. It's a beautiful spot. It's an incredible view. But then as you leave that, you hit the, uh, the trough. So look at that. I had to go along that without David. I didn't know where he was. So I'm going along the trough, and then you hit the narrows, And then, after the narrows, there's the scent as you start going up toward the top. Um, you know what? There was one thing that saved me along the way. There was only one. What's that? A rope. Yeah, a rope. <laughs> I mean, there were jagged spots. There were rocks. I could have got injured. I'm sure I could have died that day. But there was one thing that saved me along the trip. And you know what it was? It was the path. There was, as you look at these uh, pictures, if you want to pull back, there were markers along the way like this. And of course, there were other climbers that I could ask. But there was a path to follow so that I could find what I was looking for that day. The path was my only source of hope. I mean, there were times where I was very discouraged. I didn't know if I was going to make it. But the path kept me going. Um, it kept me going the right direction. And you know what? It wasn't an arbitrary path that some joker had put out there. The path was designed by people, experienced climbers who'd been to the summit, to the summit. So even though my guide left me in the dust, it gave me confidence that I would finally make it to my destination. And I did. I made it to the summit. And as soon as I saw David, I punched him in the mouth. (laughs) I wanted to, believe me. All right. Have you ever felt lost? Have you wondered if you were on the right path? Have you, uh, you know, struggled with, am I going in the right direction? I mean, yeah, we, we've all experienced that. And the question is, what is it that helps us to find our way? Well, when you're driving, what do you need when you're driving? GPS. I mean, your phone, some kind of navigation, the gal who tells you, what's that? Yeah, Siri, the gal who tells you exactly where you need to go. I mean, where would we be without that? If you're a student and you're in school, right? If you want to do well in a class, what do you need? You need a syllabus. So, you know, I'll ask uh, my, my kids occasionally. It's like, okay, what's coming up in your class? Where's your syllabus so we can find out what you need to do? Uh, Dad, I don't know where it is. I don't know where it is. Good thing it's online, right? We need something that shows us the way. If you're in the working world, you want to have some kind of a career path. You want to know where you're headed. But how do you do that? I mean, where are you going to get that career path? Who's going to help you to advance in your profession? If you're a parent, what do you do when you're struggling raising your kids? I mean, if they're little, I mean, that can be challenging, right? Little kids, little problems. Bigger kids, bigger problems. Who's going to help you? Who's going to give you advice? Where are you going to find answers so that you can raise them well and work through challenging times? If you have an addiction, how are you going to find freedom and health? What's the path to find healing and hope? Who's going to guide you? And if you've lost someone you love, how are you going to find your way out of the loneliness that you feel? 
the loss that you're experiencing? How will you move forward? Well, we all face challenges today. We all are going through stuff and we need a path that will give us confidence to pursue what we're ultimately looking for. And we believe here at Rock Hills that God has a solid path for us. God has a path that he's designed that will bring us life and joy and freedom. And so we look into the scriptures to see um, you know, what is this path like? How does go, God go about creating this path for us? Because when we think of God's path, you know, sometimes we think of religion, we think of all these things that we can and can't do, but God's got a path that's not supposed to be a burden for us. It's not supposed to be a negative constraint. It's supposed to give us life and encouragement. So what does that path look like? Well, in the Old Testament, we're going to spend a little bit of time in Exodus today. That's the second book of the Bible in the Old Testament. And it's this story of how God does this amazing movement of the Hebrew people out of Egypt. You see, the Hebrew people were stuck in Egypt where they'd been for hundreds of years under Pharaoh's evil rule. They were slaves. Their life was horrible in many respects. He worked them and worked them and worked them. And so there came a certain point in time where God said, yeah, I see the need of my people and it's time for me to take them to a new land, to give them a new path. And so he raised up Moses for the task to be the guide for his people. Now, Moses wasn't just some ordinary guy. He wasn't uh, you know, called up by God by accident. Moses was uniquely prepared to lead God's people, the Hebrew people, from Egypt to this new land. Moses had grown up in Pharaoh's house. He was adopted into Pharaoh's house for his first 40 years. And then after 40 years, or after, an, uh, after another 40 years where he was a shepherd out far away from the palace in Egypt, um, God shows up and God calls Moses at 80 years old. I mean, that's a lot of preparation. He says, Moses, you're going to be the leader of my people. You're going to guide them on this new path to a new land out of Egypt. And Moses, after 80 years of preparation, I mean, he was, he was ready. No, he wasn't. He said, uh-uh, not me, wrong guy. Uh, God, I, I don't know. I mean, I think you have me confused with somebody else. I'm not going. I can't do this. I can't go to Pharaoh. And God is very persuasive. So he said, you're going to Pharaoh. And Moses did. And he went to Pharaoh and he said, um, God wants you to let the Hebrew people go. And Pharaoh said, absolutely not. So God decided to bring it. In fact, he brought a lot of different plagues and devastated Pharaoh's kingdom in Egypt until he finally relented. And he said, all right, I'm going to let the Hebrew people go. So Moses charted this path through the Red Sea, God opening it up, all the Hebrew people going through, the Egyptians giving chase because they weren't sure if they wanted to let them go anymore. And there they made it to the other side, looking at this new land that God was giving to them, asking them to take, 
to, to go with confidence following this new path. And they were so pumped. And they said, yes, God, we, we can do this. And then they started thinking, uh, where are we going? We don't know this new land. I don't know if we can trust Moses. Where is God taking us? But God said, I got a guide. I have a path for you to follow. Just look to me and trust me. You see, God was forming a new community. He wanted them to experience the blessing that he had for them in this new land. And there on the edge of this whole new world, God called Moses up on a mountain. So they went through the Red Sea. Then he calls Moses up on Mount Sinai. And he's going to give Moses instructions. You know, kind of the clear commands for this new path in this new community. And Moses is like, he's got to go up the mountain. Not just once, but multiple times up the mountain. I mean, Moses had to been like, God, I'm 80. Come on. Really? Do we have to do this on a mountain? And he's like, uh, God, these sandals, killing me. Can I get some boots? Um, how about a little Amazon? Can you make that happen? Moses had to go up and down the mountain. Now, here's what's going on. In the ancient Near East, back in those times, um, typically kings would create a covenant or an agreement with their people. And they would do this on a high place. And this is exactly what God is doing. You see, um, he was creating a covenant or a relationship with his people where he was making promises. He was going to say, hey, I'm going to be your great king. You can trust me. I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to protect, protect you. And people knew about this. They'd heard about how kings did it. And he said, and as my people, here's what you need to do. Here's what you're going to commit to. I will be your God. I will be your great king. And you will be my people. And I will show you a path you can follow. And Moses was the agent or the guide of this new covenant relationship between God and his people, which was being made on Mount Sinai. And it would be a path that would provide life and blessing. Now, what was the path? Well, the path was the words of God. It was the Ten Commandments. It was all the stipulations that would come out. It was on these two tablets, kind of the main things, where God said, don't ever forget, you have to remember that I am your God, I'm your great king, and I brought you out of Egypt into this new land. And so here's how we pick up the text from Exodus 19. Moses is just getting all these words, the commands from God, but here's the, kind of the conversation between him and God. And then Moses went up to God. And the Lord called to him from the mountain and said, This is what you are to say to the descendants of Jacob, that's the Hebrew people, and what you are to tell the people of Israel. You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all the nations, you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. He's just saying, you're going to be set apart as my people in this world. And these are the words you're to speak to the Israelites. So after Moses, 
Remember, he had to hike down the mountain. The people weren't allowed to go up into the presence of God. He walked down the mountain and shared all this with the people. And here's how they responded in Exodus 19. He said, or the, everybody said, we will do everything the Lord has said. Yes. We're going to take this new land. They're like, where's the path though? I don't get the new path. It looks a little scary. They started getting nervous. The more they thought about it, what did people start to do? Even though there were these guidelines that were coming, they started complaining. They started taking their eyes off of God and Moses, their guide. They couldn't see the path and they started to say, we can't do this. How are we going to go into this new land? God wants to kill us here. He's doing this just because he wants to kill us here. In fact, because of their unfaithfulness, a whole generation died because they weren't willing to trust God. You know, they started to see all the rocky paths, the dangerous paths, the paths that were filled with other gods, and they started to pursue things that they thought might be better for them rather than the path that God was beginning to lay down for them. And even though the path was clear, and that path was to obey God fully, and to trust him, and to take you know, seriously the relationship that they were uh, forming with him, they began to choose different paths. And they paid the price. Now listen to this text from Corinthians. This is uh, Paul in the New Testament talking about these events from Israel in the Old Testament. He says this, These things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us, on whom the culmination of the ages has come. And that simply means that when Jesus came, God started bringing all things together. So if you think you are standing firm, be careful you do not fall. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind or humankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you're tempted, he will also provide a way out so you can endure it. There's a path. There's a way. And God's word is that path for us. When we look back to what happened in Israel, even though God did all these miraculous things, he brought them through the Red Sea, he brought them to this new land, they put uh, kind of their, their eyes and their minds on their circumstances and took them off of God. And they blew it. They couldn't see the path because their heads were down. They started looking back. They wanted to go back to Egypt where they were slaves because it was familiar. Isn't that crazy? But we can relate. It's easy to go back to things that are familiar, even if they're not good for you. So here's a question for us this morning. If you really want to find what you're looking for, are you willing to obey God and to look for his words for direction. Are you willing to do it? Just as God made that, that ask to the people of Israel, he makes that ask to us as well. 
And with that, he promises, as we say, yeah, I want to do that. I want to take some steps in your direction. I want to find your path. God promises to light the way. Here's a, a powerful text out of the Psalms. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light to my path. God's words matter for us. But will we trust him? I mean, the awesome thing about God um, is that he hasn't left us without a God. Now, as we jump from the Old Testament to the New Testament and the coming of Jesus, I mean, Moses was the guide in the Old Testament. He was one of the great prophets. Jesus is the great guide. He is our savior, our guide, the one who will never leave us or forsake us. He will show us the way. He will light the way. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He shows us the path over and over again. Jesus is familiar with the path. He knows the words of God inside and out. And we need that. We need him as our guide. Because you know what? We can't obey God fully. We just need to trust him and humbly try our best to stay on the path. Because we're going to stumble and fall along the way. But he'll lead us to the summit. The path is full of grace for the journey. God will give us what we don't have. In our weakness, he will provide the strength that we need. He'll give us the hope that we don't have. It's not about our skill or our righteousness. We don't need to be perfect. He will show us the way if we humbly follow. You know why this is so important? Because our world is filled with different paths. I mean, there's so many different paths that you and I have to choose from today, don't we? In our culture, there are so many paths that will lead to death and ruin, paths that aren't good for us. So how do we find the path? How do we stay in the path? Because these other paths, we have a, just a, a little header here. I mean, our culture says, make your own path. You don't need an existing path. Just create your own. But here are some of the paths that we struggle with. I mean, if Our path is about money. I mean, we think that if we have enough money, then we won't have to worry about anything or depend on anyone. We can take care of ourselves. But is that the priority? If we think that comfort is one of those paths, what will we pursue? We'll try to avoid pain as much as we can in life. But is that the path that God wants us? If it's about our recognition or the way that other people see us, I mean, that path leads to just wanting the appreciation of other people. But is that the right path? If it's about enjoyment, um, that path doesn't last very long, right? This is a hard world that we live in, but there are all these different paths. And ultimately, Jesus calls us back to the words of God. You see, we need God's word. That's the marker. That's the point that will give us a foundation. Uh, That's where we will find some strength for all the challenges that lie ahead. So what can you do? 
Um, I can just say, hey, well, you should read the Bible. And you're like, okay, great, Dave. I know I should read the Bible. The Bible can be kind of intimidating when you start to get into it. But that is the starting point. So we've, we've just uh, begun kind of a, uh, a focus over the last month or so. It's called 10 Minutes with God. And if you go to the city, you can see some information about that. Um, and I want to ask you to participate in that. Just 10 minutes a day with God. And maybe the way you start is just open up the book of Exodus that we've been talking about this morning. Um, it's like 40 chapters. And just take a little bit at a time and say, God, just help me to see your path as I learn the story of your people in the Old Testament. Maybe you want to look at a gospel, maybe Mark's gospel. It's the shortest gospel and it's you know, very poignant and fast moving. Maybe it's just taking a chapter of Mark's gospel each day. 10 minutes with God. Now here's the thing. We all need the path, but we need a guide. I mean, Jesus is the great guide that we, we look to, but we need a guide who's right here that we can see on the path, right? Not a guy that's way in front of us or already at the top of the mountain. We need a guide who's right here with us. Well, that's what the Rock Hills community is about. I mean, on Sunday mornings, why, uh, why do I get up and speak and why do we have other um, uh, leaders here that can teach the word of God? Because we're a guide for you. We want to be a guide for you in the scriptures so that you can see the path and be able to face whatever is in front of you today. So we have guides here, but we also have lots of guides that are just a part of this community. Guides, friends that are a little bit farther along in the journey that have maybe been where you've been that are more familiar with the scriptures. And we have lots of guides that would love for you to join them in relationship, whether it's a, a Bible study or a guys group or a women's group. Um, we have guides here. And so here's what I want to ask you. Do you have a guide? Do you have somebody who can help you? If you don't, if you're interested in having a guide, please go back to the connecting center after service and uh, I think that we, we can create a, a sheet or you can fill out one of our connection cards. Just say, I'm interested in a guide. I'm interested in being part of a group. We all need guides. We all need guides to help us on the path. Because there are tough turns ahead, right? There are things that we don't know how to deal with in life but a guide will help. I mean, this week was walk to school week with, uh, with my kids, my elementary daughters. And so Thursday and Friday, I did the walk to school with them. Now, this is uh, just one mile from our house to the school, but it's, it's a difficult journey. Now, imagine if I would send my daughters out on their own to make the journey to school. doesn't seem like a big deal to me, but I know the journey. I know it is a big deal. It's one mile in the dark. And so as I went with my daughters, as I was their guide, it's very early in the morning, dark outside, there are all kinds of transitions to make. There are stoplights. There are driveways. There are all things that you have to pass. There are people in cars who are hurrying, right? I don't know how many people I saw the other morning 
on their phones as they're coming out to intersections. You can see the glow on their face. And do my daughters have to navigate that or know how to navigate that on their own? No, but I was their guide. And so I knew the path to the school. And my littlest one, Emery, she was nervous about the journey. She's like, oh, I've, I've never taken this. I've never walked all the way to school. She said, Daddy, will you hold my hand? So she stood right next to me almost the whole way. There were a couple of times where she let go and she'd get a little bit ahead of me. But then she'd turn to see if the guide was with her. Because she knew that I would get her to the destination. Um, <laughs> I mean... There are all kinds of paths to follow. I can remember there's this, uh, at this one, one of the stoplights, there's a little boy who came up, and this is what little boys do. He went to the curb, and then he was like this. <laughs> and what is, yeah, cars moving around. His dad's like, get back over here. Get on the path. <laughs> we need guides who encourage us and challenge us to stay on the path. And we believe that um, I mean, this community is filled with some amazing people. We're so glad that you're here. We've got guides. Um, we'll help you on the path. You may feel like, oh, I'm just starting out. I'm trying to find the path. You may be saying, oh, I've been on the path, but I've fallen off the path. I took a different path. It doesn't matter. We're here to help each other, to stay on the path, to learn the words of God together. And we want to encourage you in that. So we would love for you to join us to find a guide here. We'd love for you to grow in this community. And let's pray as we wrap things up this morning.